0: Hey guys, this is Rick Godwin, pastor of Summit Church here in San Antonio. Thanks for joining us today. You know, we're excited to have you on our podcast. Our goal is to inspire you and to challenge you and help everyone realize their full potential in Christ. Now enjoy the message. 1 Samuel, chapter 17. wanna talk about slaying your giants bringing down the giants in your life. Very simple process. These are ordinary steps David took that turned an ordinary shepherd boy into a giant killer and can help you. 1 Samuel 17, verse 20. So David rose early in the morning and he left the sheep with a keeper. He wasn't irresponsible. He made sure they were cared for when he left. And he took the things, bread and cheese, as his father Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight, shouting for the battle. The King James says, as the army came up out of the trenches, shouting for the battle. So let's look at some qualities that have to be real in your life and mine if we're going to take down the giants that oppose us in life. Notice, his father told him to go down to the battlefield and take some bread and cheese. Verse 17. Notice David had already, noticed he's already been anointed to be king of Israel by Samuel, but he hasn't yet been installed. But when his father told him to take some bread and cheese to his brothers in the army, not a very important assignment, would you agree, for this potential king? I want you to be a servant to your brothers, the daddy said. I want you to go down to the battlefield, not as a king. I want you to go down there carrying the stuff I told you and give your brother something to eat. So my first observation is this. Number one, giant killers are submitted to authority. Giant killers are submitted to authority. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by authority. Even in the angelic host, when Daniel prayed, It took 21 days to get an answer. And when the angel Michael got to him, he said, your prayer was heard the day you prayed it. But the first angel dispatched was resisted by the strong principality over Persia. In other words, that angel was outranked by a fallen principality that had more authority than him. So a higher authority, Michael, He came and dispatched that Prince of Persia, and the answer came. There's authority in the kingdom of God. There's authority even among the demonic structure. You as a believer have been delegated some authority in Jesus. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Why do we walk around like a bunch of thumb-sucking patsies every time I hear somebody, the devil attack me? Well, the doctor said, okay, well, let's take some authority. We have legal authority, legal rights to bind and loose. Let's get our thumb out of our mouth. Let's put the maylocks down, and let's just scream at hell the promises of God and remind him we know what our authority is. I know who I am. Paul says, I am what I am by the grace of God. And you will never ever have any victory in her life until you discover who God has made you to be. You're not who your mama said you were, a teacher, a coach. You're who God declares you to be. So buckle up, buttercup. Put on the whole armor of God. You've been given some authority, and we're going to use it in just a few minutes. But are you submitted to the right authority? David could have puffed up and said to his daddy, well, who do you think you are talking to? I've been anointed king of Israel. The prophet Samuel said, I would be set on the throne of Israel. I'm too important to take bread and cheese down to my brothers. I'm not a pizza delivery boy. You know, Israel should serve me when I go down there. He's probably from Texas. Everybody wants to be served, nobody wants to serve. Who's greatest in the kingdom? Jesus said, The one who serves. And Jesus said, I didn't come to be exalted, I came to serve and to give. That's for some of you who never give a penny, never give you time, never give you talent. You just sit. God says, I came to serve and to give my life for others. So look, let's, let's submit ourselves to the Word of God. You want authority? The enemy knows when we're not a, we're submitted to authority. He knows when we're in rebellion against His Word or against uh, authority that God's delegated, and he can eat our lunch. One of the keys, if you're going to be a giant killer, is learning to be submitted to proper authority. And David's daddy was his authority. I've never seen unsubmitted giant killers. Giant killers are submitted to proper authority. You have to get under what God puts over you or you'll never be put over what God has planted under you. See, if you don't get under authority, you're gonna forfeit authority. If you, so you never know if you're submitted till you have the opportunity to not be. You can have talent. You can have calling, gift, and anointing. And David had them all. But if you're not submitted to authority, your parents, your spiritual leaders, Romans 13:1 says, let every soul, even those in Texas, let every soul be submitted to the higher authority. For there's no power or authority but of God. The authorities that be are ordained of God even if I don't like them. Right? Okay, well, I don't want to be next to you in a battle. That's all I can say. See, how you react to authority will determine whether you're ever going to bring down a giant. So submit yourself, and the giants will fall. Submit yourself to God's word. Submit to the authority of godly people God puts around you. And if they're wrong, God will deal with them. But as you submit, it empowers you to bring down the giant. Watch how you talk to your parents. Watch how you talk to people that God has put in authority. I can disagree respectfully, but when I'm unsubmitted, walking either in rebellion or my own authority, let me tell you, the enemy knows how weakened I've become on a battlefield when I'm not in submission to anybody but myself. Now, I like the fact that scripture says, they came up out of the trenches. A giant could be 10 feet tall, but if you're down in a trench looking up, that giant looks 15 feet tall. So the enemy came when they were in the trenches. The enemy always looks bigger than he is when you're down. The enemy will always show up when you're at your lowest point. He doesn't show up when you're high, full of faith. He was big because they were down. But if you get up, you'll find it's not as bad as you thought it was if you'll get up, you'll find the devil's not as big and powerful as you thought he was. If you get up, you'll find that evil spirit harassing your child is not nearly as big as you thought it was. God has not called you or me to stay in that trench of depression. He's called you, get up, get up. Though the righteous man falls seven times, he rises eight. Second, giant killers are not only submitted to authority, but they will get up when knocked down. Aren't you tired of being down, looking up, seeing a big enemy? Well, let me tell you how to shrink the enemy. And we all have to do it. You start pulling yourself up by praising the Lord. It's a weapon, man. Magnify the Lord, David said. Show him how big he is. Focusing on and declaring God's word and praying in the spirit. All of that's been given to us as our righteous defense against the enemy's attack. You're not some weak, downtrodden person. You're not a doormat for the enemy. You are redeemed to be a giant killer. If Jesus gave me his authority, i carry some clout. And so do you. And as you praise God and pray and quote scripture against the enemy, Didn't didn't Jesus do that when the enemy came against him? Get behind me for it is written. And he quoted scripture. Why don't you? Well, I don't know. Well, write it down, Sparky. Hold up the paper and quote it walking around the house or somewhere. Read it out loud, walking the dog. But do it. Declare it. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He's going to watch over those words to confirm them and make them real in your life. So God will begin to lift your spirit up. So when I get attacked, or when I feel there's something or I'm praying for somebody, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna praise God. Lord, I thank you, you're Lord of all. There is none like you. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, you are Lord. I'm just going through scripture. I'm not got a particular order, I just, I, I just praise him. Thank you, thank you, I have another day to live on planet Earth, yes. Thank you, I can live, move, and have being on this earth again today. Thank you for your gracious mercy. Thank you, and I just go on and on and on again while walking Lily the dog. Lily is filled with the word of God. I hope, I don't know. But as you go up, the enemy goes down. He, he's not gonna make me afraid, not gonna intimidate me, not gonna patronize me. I, I know my rights. I know his lies don't out, outweigh the promises of God from scripture. So I'm going to declare them again. If Jesus had to do it, I'm going to do it. Well, I was raised as a Baptist or an Episcopalian or a Catholic. What's that got to do with clear scripture? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Quit hiding behind all that nonsense. (laughs) I got a little jet lag, so I might get a little free. I don't know. So what do you do when you're low and looking at your biggest enemy will determine whether you have defeat or victory? Don't come apart like a cheap sweater when you get some bad news. Fight this thing. Make some declarations. So it says in verse 20, when Goliath came out, Israel came out of the trenches and started shouting for the battle. That'd be a shock for Summit to shout. Well, Rick, I'm not Pentecostal. Well, I hope you're a Christian. And if you are and you're submitted to the Word of God, you're in big trouble, see? If you're gonna slay a giant, you can't be silent. I've never seen a silent giant killer, which brings me to point number three, giant killer's praise. Psalm 34:1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, whether it's a Baptist mouth, a Pentecostal mouth, an Episcopalian mouth, whatever you are, Democrat or Republican, if you're a believer, God says, you let those high praises of God be in your mouth. You do it. You say, well, I'm not comfortable. Well, we'll learn to be comfortable. See, giant killers lift their voices up for victory, victory in their family, victory when they're in a low place. They lift their voices in prayer and praise and confession of God's Word for health and healing. They shout That the promise of God is bigger than the lies the enemy is shouting at them. You are a giant killer, believer. The enemy wants to silence us. He wants us to sit back and watch like spectators passively and take it and take it and take it. I like what Joshua said to Israel at Jericho. Shout for the city. That's Joshua chapter 6. You ought to read that. I like what Zechariah said in chapter four. Shout grace, grace to it. Giant killers are shouters. How about a little shout, folks, this morning? How about a little shout, there you go, there you go. Listen to Psalms 47, verse one. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That doesn't exclude any denomination, does it? No, it does not if you're a believer. Don't allow people to minimize your praise. Lift your voice, begin to trash talk back to the enemy. Remind him he is a defeated enemy. Intimidate him. 1 Samuel, chapter 17, verse 25. So the men of Israel said, "'Have you seen this man,' this giant, "'who has come up? "'Surely he's come up to defy Israel. "'And it shall be that the man who kills him, "'the king will enrich with great riches, And the king will give him his daughter and give him exemption from all taxes. Got my attention. How about you? Now, everybody say with me, that's one time. Everybody, that's one. Say it. That's one time. He asked about what's the payoff for this fight? What's the reward for this fight? Well, they just got the focus off the battle onto the reward. Now, he said you get to marry the king's daughter, you get riches, you'll live tax-free. Verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by, saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? This is out of order, David said. Who is he? Verse 27, and the people answered him, saying, thus and so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, this is the second time they repeat the reward for killing or bringing down this giant. Verse 28, now Eliab, his older brother, heard when David spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? What what a put down. In other words, stay in your place, David. You're not important. Why do you care about the battle? You're just a little nothing pizza delivery boy bringing bread and cheese. You don't count. You're nothing. But notice what David does next in verse 28. Eliab says to David, I know your pride and the evil purpose of your heart. You've come down to see the battle. Yeah, Eliab, where is it? I ain't seeing anything happening so far. Big mouth. Verse 29. I would love to have been there for that. That would suit me fine. And David said, what have I done now? Isn't there a cause? Verse 30, then David turned from him towards another person and said the same thing. What is the reward? And the people answered him as the first ones had. This is the third time the reward has been mentioned in a short period of time. Now, this is a big clue to a giant killer. Point number four, giant killers always focus more on the reward than the risk, more on the reward than on the risk. Tell me, David said, what will I get if I win this battle? You get the king's daughter, you get riches and exemption from taxes. Now, why is this the third time I'll repeat of the reward David has asked about? Why is it important? Because when you get in the battle, the enemy always wants you to lose focus and focus on the wrong thing. David focused on the payoff, on the reward. So get your eyes on the prize, see? The battle is worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for our families, our home, our children. It's worth fighting for our dreams, fighting for our health, fighting for our church. It's worth standing up to hell when hell comes charging in. It's worth that. I have to know, well, God makes me promises in the word. If you do this, I'll do that. So I want to focus on that, not the risk involved. Living eternal life with Jesus in heaven will be worth it all. It's worth fighting for. It's worth keeping your family in church. It's worth saying no to evil. It's worth focusing on the reward. So I get my eyes off the risk and get them onto the reward. And one day in eternity, there will be no more sorrow, no more death, no more tears. It will be worth it all. Amen? Yeah. There's something greater than heaven and something worse than going to hell. Getting to heaven and seeing my family there is a lot better than just going to heaven alone. See, we, that's what we're here, fishers of men. It's, we're not here for us going to heaven. We're here for those that aren't and we ought to be inclusive, and we ought to be a witness and say, come on, I'm going to take you to lunch. I want you to come over. Let's see, next week, Christine Kane's here. I want you to hear Christine Kane, a great lady, been here many times, got a great national ministry. You're going to love her. She's good. She's funny, and uh, she'll rock your boat. Come on, go with me. Can't you do that? Shoot, we could fill every seat, but somebody has to open their mouth. Just go and tread along. Somebody has to do something. And something's worse than going to hell as seeing my family follow me there because I wouldn't take a stand for Jesus. I wouldn't slay the giants. Verse 38 says, so King Saul clothed David with his armor and he put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. Verse 39, and David said, King, I can't go with these. I haven't even used them. I haven't tested them. So he's saying, point number five, giant killers have to be themselves. He's saying that giant killers have to be themselves. I can't be you. God didn't anoint me to be something I'm not. I don't have an Instagram me and a real me. The me that's up here is the same me you're gonna go to dinner with. The same me you're gonna meet in the shopping mall. The same me you're gonna find me on the dark side on 281 during heavy traffic. I am what I am by the grace of God. I don't have the preacher me and the real me. This is it. And I figured, well, if that's what God wanted to use, then good enough for me. All right. David probably thought, yeah, I know my radio slingshot doesn't look as good as your big shiny sword, but this is what God gave me. This is the gift God gave me. See, It might look like a riding lawnmower in a Rolls Royce showroom, but it's what God gave me. And if the anointing's on it, it's powerful, whatever God has given you. Amen. I don't have to be Billy Graham. I don't have to be T.D. Jakes. I can take my little sling into the battle. Giant killers say, I can't be you. I can be me anointed with what I have. God will anoint you to be you, not a fake you. The enemy wants to make you feel insecure about what you have and what you are. God wants to bolster your confidence in who he has declared you to be and to use what he's put in your hand. He always asks me, what's in your hand? Well, it's a stick, Lord. Well, give it to me. It becomes the rod of God. What's in your hand? Well, five loaves and two fish, but what's that? That's not enough in the building fund to build anything, to feed anybody. Well, Break it and disperse it. And God made it enough after he blessed it. Whatever you have is enough to do what God has assigned you to do. He'll anoint that. Quit comparing what you got to I got to somebody else got. Verse 40. Then he took a staff in his hand and he chose five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. He didn't run away. He went at the Philistine. He, 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 you gotta face your enemy, charge him. So, I mean, you charge hell with a squirt gun. You charge, you don't retreat, you go forward. Don't you dare back up or back down. Wonder why David only got five stones, a lot of different reasons. Number six, giant killers are determined people. If I miss with one, I got four more. You know, occasionally you miss, you hunters. I got another one, right? If prayer doesn't take the enemy down, well, I've got prayer and fasting. If that doesn't work, I got some praying widows praying for me. If that doesn't work, I got my tithe and gifts to work for me. I got all kinds of stones in my pocket because I'm determined and I'm not going to quit until this thing tormenting me or attacking me comes down. Determined. How determined are you? I think five was the most David had ever missed trying to hit something. <laughs> and he thought, I'm not gonna quit until this sucker comes down. And Goliath had four other brothers. So he may have been thinking one for each, right? Folks, are you determined to take down the giant attacking you, your health, your marriage, your children, your future, your destiny? Now watch this. As David goes out to throw that stone, He rocks and rolls Goliath, and Goliath comes down. Giant killers are submitted to authority. They are disciplined. They get up when knocked down. They are shouters. Giant killers are the same in the darkness as they are in the light. They see trials as training, not trouble. They've got to be themselves. They use what God has given them. Giant killers focus on the reward. Giant killers are determined. Giant killers take authority over the enemy and take Goliath's authority, his head, back to their tent. They attack. So I want you to do something, unless you're handicapped. Get up on your feet right now. Let's give God a couple of moments of praise. Come on, let's give him some praise. He's worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory. We give him that praise. Now we're gonna do something else for just five minutes. We're gonna take authority over our enemy in many areas. If you need health or healing this morning in your body, you're struggling with some infirmity, I want you to make this confession with me right now and open your mouth and make make it known. Father, thank you. You sent your word to heal me, to deliver me from all destruction. On the cross, you took my sin my sickness, my disease, my pain, and infirmity. And by your stripes, I am healed. I thank you I have a legal right as a believer in Jesus to health and healing. Thank you, Lord. You became a curse for me that I might inherit the blessings of Abraham. I command toxins, Poisons, carcinogens, mycotoxins, fungus, spike proteins, I command you out of my body and blood. I decree that every virus, every germ that touches my body or my family's body will die in the name of Jesus and have no power over me or my body in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for health and healing. I command infirmity out of my body, out of my blood, out of my cardiovascular system. I rebuke you. I hold the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and the Word of God against you. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and through the blood of the Lamb, I have victory over this infirmity. I thank you, Lord. And give you praise now for health and healing. Let's give him some praise Lord renew my youth like the eagle retard the aging of my body Those of you that need some guidance or protection. I want you to pray this with me. Remember now God is the high priest of our confession He's watching over our word and we're quoting his word say with me Heavenly Father I make this proclamation You are my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I fear? You are the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked come against me to eat my flesh, my enemies and my foes, stumble and fell. Though an army gathers against me, my heart shall not be afraid. In this I will be confident that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And in the time of trouble, you will hide me in your pavilion. You will set me on a high rock. My head shall be lifted above my enemies. Let their name be a reproach. Shut the mouth of the evildoer, the slanderer, the wicked. Let them reap folly for their sin the Lord is the glory and lifter of my head therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy I will sing praises unto the Lord for the victory is mine today in Jesus name amen how about another little praise right here how many of you need a breakthrough or a new beginning in the area of your finances then I want you to make this proclamation with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. You delight in the prosperity of your servant. You make the liberal soul fat. Give and it shall be given to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Wealth and riches come from you. It is God who gives me power to obtain wealth. You delight in the prosperity of your servant. You make the liberal so fat. The generous man will prosper. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. You will plant me by rivers of living water. My leaf shall not wither. Whatever I do shall prosper. Thank you for houses I didn't build, wells I didn't dig, vineyards I did not plant. Because I have honored you with my living and my giving, my harvest will come to me abundantly above all I ask or imagine, pressed down, shaken together, running over in my going out, in my coming in. I will be blessed in my basket and storehouse. God will force Satan to restore to me Sevenfold all that has been taken away. My harvest is coming. It's abundant and it's from God, the giver of every perfect gift. Thank you, Lord, that today is a new beginning. One more. Can you do one more? It's for all of us. We all gonna pray it together. It's victory over everything through the blood of Jesus, my favorite. Say, Lord Jesus. I make this proclamation in faith, believing that I overcome Satan when I testify personally to what the Word of God says that the blood of Jesus does for me. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus. I am continually being cleansed from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I am justified. I am made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am made holy, set apart to God, and there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, I have boldness to enter into the presence of God. Through the blood of Jesus, God is in heaven, interceding on my behalf. Satan has no place in me, no power over me, no claims against me. It's all been settled at the cross, and through the blood of Jesus, I am free. Now, David said after his profession, Therefore, I will offer the sacrifice of joy in his tabernacle and I will give praise to the Lord. Can we do that right now? Come on. Glory to God. All power, all might, all riches, all glory belong to you, O Lord God. How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Your name is above every name. You are worthy of our praise. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for such a great salvation. Hey, thanks again for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow me by visiting the links in the description. I'm praying today that God richly blesses you this entire week.